Welcome to Thrive, Mental Health and the Art of Living Free. I'm your host, Melissa Clark, a professional counselor in the Dallas area with a passion for helping you overcome challenges, process painful emotions, and understand your God-given identity. Thank you so much for being here. I believe listening to this podcast will leave you feeling excited, educated, and empowered. As you guys know, we are in the middle of a year long series, all about helping you to get healthy. I want to help you with the mind, body, spirit, every part of who you are to create a more holistic and whole healthy being. So today's conversation is really exciting for me because it ties in our physical self, our emotional self, every part of who we are, all five of those parts of our self-care is incorporated in today's conversation. And so we are sitting down and talking with Amber Leah. Amber is an independent certified health coach who has been on her own transformative health journey. She has written and co-authored several books, including Marriage Triggers and the best-selling parenting book, Triggers. She is a former high school teacher and Amber is a highly sought after mentor for women and a regular contributing writer for The Better Mom. She and her husband, have a faith-friendly production company called Storehouse Media Group, and they live in Southern California with their four boys. To learn more about Amber, you can visit her website, AmberLia, which is lia.com. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Amber. I want to welcome to the show, Amber Leah. Amber, welcome. Hey, Melissa. Thank you for having me. You are so welcome. I am so excited to talk with you today about food triggers. I love habits. And as I studied habits and began to live by them, they just really revolutionized my life and so many people's lives. And so this idea of food is just a roadblock and stumbling block for so many of us. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you down this passion of being so passionate about food triggers. Great question. So God has me going through some pretty significant personal struggles. And while I would like to go through those in private, he's always (laughs) pushing me to be transparent about them. And ultimately, I'm willing to say yes to God asking me to do that because I do want to help other people. I do have a heart that wants to you know, when you find freedom and, and you've been captive and you are living among captives, you want them to be free too. Yeah. And so, you know, for a long time, I struggled with anger in my parenting and, and had really worked through a lot of that and then had some issues in my marriage. And I felt like God was really allowing me to work through that. But at the end of the day, three years ago, I looked at the, just the current reality of my health and recognized that if I didn't make some changes there, I wasn't going to be able to do the ministry that I wanted to keep doing. I wasn't going to be able to be the kind of mom I wanted to be with my kids. And if I didn't make some changes, nothing was going to change. And so three years ago, I had celebrated my happy surprise baby Quaid, his second birthday. And I recognized that I really, the the weight gain that I had was just an external symptom of other things that were going on underneath. And ultimately, just a lack of mindfulness and intentionality. 
And I think a lot of us come by that honestly, because especially as as women, as moms, and as far as I was concerned, I really wanted to pour my life into others and to my yeah. family. And we naturally do that, right? We're yeah, we're givers. Sacrificial, we're givers, mm-hmm. we're nurturers. But I realized I was not nurturing myself to right. a detrimental level. And I started to have an autoimmune issue that was flaring up that had been troubling me for several years. It was kind of coming to a breaking point for me. And that was really like the last straw where I knew that I needed to make some changes. And so um, whatever plan people use, you know, whatever works for you, great. I found one that would be simple for me in my busy life as a mom. But then I really also wanted to get to what's the root of this issue? Why am I being self-punishing as opposed to just self-sacrificial? I was literally doing things in a pattern of lifestyle that were sabotaging my future and really even the good things that I felt like God was calling me to do long-term. And Mm -hmm. so that needed to change. Yeah. So talk a little bit about more of that self-sabotaging behavior. I talk a lot about that with my clients that I work with and even explaining that every behavior is trying to meet a need and that need is usually a good need, but that behavior we're going about it in an unhealthy way. So kind of break that down for us. So, you know, self-sabotage, I think, is something a lot of us do without realizing it. Yeah. And it's easy to do because, we ha- first of all, we have an enemy that doesn't want us to be victorious, mm-hmm. right, in any area of our life, whatever it is. He doesn't want you to be victorious in your parenting. He doesn't want you to be victorious in your friendships. He doesn't want you to be victorious in your health journey, whatever the issue is. And so he likes to plant thoughts in our head that are not ones that God would want us to be focusing on. You know, I I always talk a lot about asking ourselves, is this thought that I'm thinking to myself right now sound more like something a friend would say or an enemy would say? Mm -hmm. And if it sounds like an enemy, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to silence it. I'm going to take every thought captive and make it obedient unto Christ. And so is this something I would say to a friend? If it's Mm -hmm. not, then why am I saying it to myself? And so we even sabotage ourselves just by the things that we repeat in our heads. You know, like I beat myself up. Oh, you had the ice cream again, Amber. You said you weren't going to do that. Look at you. You can't, you can't, you're never going to have victory in this area. You know, it's like those kinds of things I would never say to you, Melissa, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you were struggling, Mm -hmm. but I felt perfectly okay saying Mm -hmm. them to myself. Mm -hmm. And that's a form of Mm self-sabotage. And there are things that we can do just very simply that are habits that we can make to really stop that pattern. And that's Mm -hmm. the hopefulness. That's the goodness. I love that. What are some common food triggers that you maybe have experienced yourself? I also know that you're a health coach. And even though our journeys are all unique, like there's, I'm sure there's commonalities that most of us struggle with. I'm guessing sugar is definitely one of them. Let's start with that. Absolutely. (laughs) Sugar addiction is huge. And you know, the interesting thing about this whole topic of food triggers, people are going to resist it when I say this, but I want to tell people, look, it's not your fault. Mm -hmm. If you're struggling with your health journey, can I tell you, it's really not your fault. We have been unwitting victims to often sugar addiction, the food industry, there's a lot working against us culturally. And to be counterculture takes a lot of mindfulness. And we just didn't know. We didn't know. We, we're, we become unaware that when we go to a restaurant, these large portions seem like the norm. That's what everybody does. And we just keep eating until we clean our plate. We're not being mindful of serving sizes. But the sugar addiction piece is, I think, very freeing. 
Because what's really happening and what we often don't understand is that when we're eating refined sugars, which by the way, are in everything, like educating ourselves on what the names of sugars are that are hiding mm-hmm. in a lot of our foods mm-hmm. and our ingredients is helpful. But what it's doing is it's creating a dopamine cortisol loop in our brains. Yeah. It suppresses leptin, which, which is... allows us to feel full mm-hmm. and satisfied. Mm-hmm. So now we have this loop that's going on in our bodies chemically that's actually more powerful and addicting than cocaine, studies mm. show. Yeah. So now we have this powerful drug in our bodies and we have the inability to feel satisfied. So now we want more and more and more. And because we're busy and because we just kind of go along with the portions that are being served to us and we're sort of mindless about it, now we're in a place of, of problem. And the good news is we can do small little things to help mm-hmm. turn that tide. We can mm-hmm. say, okay, I'm committing to detoxing from the sugar. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start looking at serving sizes. I'm going to cut my meal in half when I get to the restaurant. Simple, purposeful, intentional habits that can make a big difference long-term. I love that. It's not about a diet. Not at all. This is a lifestyle. Melissa, this is a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, diets focus on food and the mm-hmm. scale, and that doesn't last. That's right. Transformation is not going to happen on the scale. It's going to happen in your mind. For me. When I came to the decision that I was going to make some changes, I was looking at my little boy, my happy surprise baby that I'd had in my early 40s. And I said, every decision I'm making right now is setting me up to be in the nursing home when he's a young man. And I don't want to be in the nursing home. I want to be on the cruise ship. I want to be the fun grandma on the cruise ship, <laughs> having a good time. Mm-hmm. I have things that I feel like God wants me to do with my life. Uh, I'm The trajectory I'm on right now is not going to serve that calling. And so I made the decision that I was going to be mindful that all the choices I'm going to make today are going to set me up for a lifestyle that's going to serve me so that I can be on that cruise ship, not in the nursing That's right. Home. And then also just keeping in mind that, you know, being mindful and intentional in my health journey is going to actually spill into every area of my life. It's going to actually empower me to be more organized mom, to be more mindful and aware of the needs of others in general. Like there's really no downside to it. It's so much more though than just the scale. This is about Mm -hmm. personal development and who we are becoming. As you're sharing, I'm hearing a lot of small, small habits and small behaviors. And I know that can feel so overwhelming whenever we're starting this journey. And most of us, myself included, you know, grew up on diets. Like I remember doing the slim fast diet. I don't know if you ever did that one, but that was super fun. I did that too. And then feeling like a failure. And then, you know, Monday morning, it's going to be different and and so on and so forth. So how can we begin to really identify what is triggering us? And then how can we then begin to create that change? Because what you're proposing is not just a restriction. It really is a re-examining of what we're doing. For sure. It, it is really becoming aware mm-hmm. of the things that are tripping us up. Because if we're not aware, we can't make progress in the right direction. Right. So, you know, that's why I get really specific in all of these different triggers. Because I know, I love it. it. Yeah, thank you. It's overwhelming to think. It is. Where do I begin? How do I do this? And the good news is what's amazing about food is that Eating healthy food, when we start thinking about it as fuel, as a medicine for our bodies, Mm -hmm. as nourishment, as opposed to a party in our mouth every 
time we put something in on our tongue that we really begin to value food in the way that it was meant to. It it stops being an idol in our lives mm-hmm. and it becomes a, a vehicle to fulfill its purpose and its design. It doesn't mean it can't please us. It can taste good. That's fine. But I think it's super important to just recognize food's place and that that's a good starting point for us. But when you eat healthier food options, mm-hmm. the turnaround can be very quick. For me, I started noticing my autoimmune flare-ups recede within a few weeks of just getting off refined sugar, just getting off the refined sugar, hydrating properly, eight, eight ounce glasses a day, and then also starting to eat more lean protein and greens and and veggies and just preparing foods differently. Small changes had a radical impact on my health very, very quickly. And that's also good, good news too, because again, we feel like we have to be in a certain BMI and then we'll be healthy. No, you can just make some small changes now that are going to have a dramatic impact. Even just getting good sleep at night Mm -hmm. um, can have a dramatic impact on your health and well-being. I love that because the the numbers on the scale may not change or may not change as quickly, but that's the difference of this in a diet. This isn't about being a skinny mini. This is about being healthy. That must have been so motivating and really eye-opening that after only 14 days to have a disease completely. What was that like for you personally? Well, you know, that that is it actually does help motivate you to stay on track. I bet when you start seeing even just that little bit of progress. And and I talk about that in the book too, like when you need to celebrate. You know, we're not a people or a culture who is quick to honor the good mm-hmm. decisions we've made to celebrate right. ourselves. I think we're like, we don't want to be prideful, right? Like, oh, right. look at me. But I think it's super important. I coach my clients in this that, look, any little victory, this is not about perfection. This is about yielding to being perfected day by day by God's strength and help, but also taking time to celebrate the good things you've done. Mm-hmm. This is not about that all or nothing mentality, but great. If you were closer to eight, eight ounce glasses today than you were yesterday of water, but you weren't quite there. So what? Good job. You were better today than it was yesterday. And even if we go off plan or we make a choice that we wish we hadn't, you know, one meal, one day, one vacation doesn't erase a healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. That's the other part of a diet mentality I want us to get rid of is that this is not about a one and done situation. Oh, I made a mistake. So mm-hmm. I'm done. I, I give up. I quit. Well, All or not. nothing. Yeah. We're not going to quit on our whole healthy future because we're still struggling in one mm-hmm. area or because we went out for Italian food and, you know, ate a bunch of things we said we weren't going to do. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that happened. Now move on with your life and recognize you have thousands of opportunities now to make healthier choices and you will. Mm-hmm. And that's the hard part is that we eat three times a day. <laughs> So there's lots of opportunities or or we may even eat more. So there is a lot of opportunities and it can't be about perfection. It needs to be about progress, but also being honest with ourselves. And so you write about the difference of internal versus external triggers. Talk to us a little bit about what an internal trigger is versus an external trigger. So the external triggers are a lot of the things around us that can trip us up. Things like 
when we're traveling and mm-hmm. we have to go on a vacation or we have to travel for work and it's a little harder to stay on our normal routine. We may not even be in control of preparing the food that's going to be served. Right. Um, it could be that, you know, we're not able to get the normal type of sleep that we want, things like that. So those are kind of the external triggers. Or it could be going to a holiday event, right? Or a birthday party. And now you're in a situation that's this external circumstance that's going to present some triggers or challenges for you versus the internal triggers, which are a lot of things that uh, many of us find are challenges where maybe we're lonely or we are not managing stress well or emotional eaters. It could be just that we're self-punishing and we're not taking care of ourselves. Self-care has been Mm -hmm. something that we've put on the shelf. So it's a lot of those more Mm -hmm. internal emotional points that cause us to struggle on our health journey. And what can we do about those triggers? Well, depending on the issue, you know, there are both practical and spiritual things that we can do. I think that the the number one issue for a lot of us is that emotional mismanagement, whether mm. it's because of being lonely or feeling stressed or we're just coming last all the time. And, you know, emotions are designed to serve us, not enslave us. That's right. And the minute that my emotions are leading me toward shopping too much or drinking too much or eating in a way that's not stewarding my body well, whatever the issue is, if our emotions are causing these kinds of gateways to lack of self-control or gluttony or whatever the case may be, then we need to pay attention and really look at, well, what's the emotion that I'm not dealing with? Because, you know, our emotional hunger is is always going to originate in our heart. Mm. So if we're trying to feed our stomachs to manage that emotion, we're always going to come up empty. You know, it's never going to be resolved um, in the ice cream carton or when the shopping bags, you know, fill the car and we put the things away in the mm-hmm. closet. It's not going to truly satisfy us. Mm-hmm. And that I think is super important with the internal triggers is to recognize that And then to really put our emotions in order properly, you know, to Mm -hmm. process what we're feeling. A lot of times, you know, I just didn't give myself time to cry. You know, I didn't Mm -hmm. make space for that in my busy schedule. I didn't Mm -hmm. have time for me to just process and Mm -hmm. manage stress. And so we just keep going and we keep going and we keep going. And we use food as just that quick moment of satisfaction as a po- or a pleasure, really, as opposed to that long-term satisfaction that can come by mm-hmm. actually learning to cope with our emotions and use them for good as God designed in our lives. Mm-hmm. Again, what you're describing is quite a journey and I'm in the emotion, you know, the field of emotions. And so I've studied that a lot and met with a lot of people about that. And it just, it's one of those things that most of us, myself included, don't want to do. We want to be able to kind of churn and burn and keep going but to take that time is really difficult. One of the chapters is all about self-taught. I am very fascinated about our internal dialogue. Research shows that like 80% of our thoughts are negative thoughts and 95% of our thoughts are repetitive thoughts. And so talk to us, Amber, about how our self-talk, I like to spend a little bit of time here, is really impacting the choices that we make in, in regards to our relationship with food. Your beliefs you know, what you believe is going to shape the things that you do. You know, every action is the result of something we think. That's right. Something that we believe. uh, Let's just pause right there. And let's just say that again, because so simple, but I feel like still very revolutionary. 
So every action is going to stem from something that we believe mm-hmm. or think. Yes. It's going to be the result of what's going on in between our ears and in yeah. our hearts. So it is a challenge to take the time to process. But Melissa, what's the alternative? For me, the alternative was if I didn't do that, I was headed toward cutting my life short quite Yeah. And I was no longer willing to sacrifice that, to not deal with the emotions. So when we see these unhealthy patterns played out in our actions and our behaviors, it's important to, again, not get overwhelmed, but to just take one at a time and say, okay, Mm -hmm. why am I always on the way home from work driving through that fast food lane? Like that's Mm -hmm. a pattern I keep doing. And I'm recognizing that pattern's not serving me. And it's because I'm not really feeling very fulfilled at work. This is just a job. And I just need Mm -hmm. that little pick me up on the way home because I'm just not feeling it. And so either one of two things needs to happen. We can say, well, let's take a look at this. Do I need to make a change in Mm -hmm. my vocation? Do I Mm -hmm. need to make a career change? Like, is there something else God might have for me? Or is it that I may be focusing too much on myself and I've not actually looked at this job as, you know, everything I do, whether I eat or drink can be to the glory of God. Am I just, Mm -hmm. do I need to change my own mindset about it and be like, Lord, you know, I'm just kind of doing the job and I'm not really looking at the people I work with as people I can serve Mm -hmm. as unto you, Lord, you know, like, is it a heart posture thing that needs to change? But those are the things we need to look at and work through as opposed to just continuing to drive through the drive through on the way home for that quick little status, mm-hmm. you know, pleasure point instead of really working through that. And I think that when we can identify those things, then now we really have an opportunity to process our emotions and actually use them for good mm-hmm. instead of for harm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Our, our emotions are either going to help us or hurt us. As you were describing that drive through line scenario, which I think is a great scenario, what was interesting, just as listening to you, you know, my counselor hat came on and I observed that there was nothing, there was no negative self-talk in anything that you were saying. It was very factual. And whenever we get caught in that self-talk loop, then we just like, we negative, negative, negative. And then we do something unhealthy, 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 which feeds a negative, negative, negative. And then it's just like a rinse, a repeat. Right. And it's so hard to get out of that because we think we should be better. We should do it differently, but it's really those expectations that I believe hold us hostage. What do you feel like is the alternative, Amber? Like how can we actually begin creating this change without shaming, without being unrealistic, without being perfectionistic, basically doing things completely different than how we've been told to do it. So here's the freeing script that we can tell ourselves. Let's hear it. This is happening for me not to me. Mm -hmm. So if everything in our lives was happening for us, because God says that he can work all things together for our good. If we believe that he has a good plan for us, then we know that every circumstance, every relationship, everything in our lives can actually be working for us, for our good and not to us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a critically important thing for us to embrace in every area of our lives, not just when it comes to our health journey, because now we are people who operate on the daily basis from a place of hope yeah, and not defeat. Because if things are happening to me 
and that boss is doing this so I can't, you know, get ahead or whatever, or my husband, he's like this, and so I'm going to be miserable forever. And if we operate in that mindset, now we're victims. And it's very hard to be victorious when you have a victim mentality. Mm -hmm. Now, it doesn't mean that bad things haven't happened to us. It doesn't mean that some people in our lives are not very difficult. But when we flip the switch in our minds to think, well, okay, but how could that actually be for me, for my good? How could this situation actually improve me and Mm -hmm. improve my life? Now we're in a place of empowerment. Now we're in a place of actually being able to take God at his word and to move forward in a really positive way. So if my boss is making life really difficult on me, they're saying no to this project that I want to do. Well, now I get to be more creative in my problem solving. Now I get to think, is there another alternate route that Mm -hmm. would actually serve the same purpose? Now I'm actually improving my thinking skills. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm getting more creative. When my husband's making things, you know, difficult and I feel like, you know, his mood is just changing the tone of my home and I'm just stuck. Well, now it's an opportunity, Amber. Well, what can you do to improve the tone in the home then? What worship music can you set up and Mm -hmm. play? What what, um, candles can you light to set a better mood? How are you breathing life into Mm -hmm. him? Now I get to become a person who's more selfless. Mm -hmm. Now I'm becoming a person who's more patient. Now I'm becoming a person, again, who's thinking outside the box. So all of these things can either be happening to us or for us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's going to make all the difference in helping us cope emotionally and to really embrace this good life that God has given us. When we start seeing the good Mm -hmm. and being the good, now things are really going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. I love that. And again, it's it's a process. It is. It's slow. How long do you feel like it took you to get past having food triggers? Or do you feel like it's something that you're not really past? That's it, Melissa. This is going to be an ongoing journey for me. And I'm really transparent about that. You Mm -hmm. know, on my social media, I don't ever want to paint a picture of like, I've arrived and you should just listen to me. (laughs) Yeah, done. Uh, I wish. No, this is a journey and it it is a lifetime thing. You know, just Mm -hmm. in the same way that our spiritual growth hopefully is an ongoing process. I think this is going to be true. You know, the triggers are not going away. They're, they're always going to be there. The temptation will always be there. It's just that now I know that every temptation tells a lie. Mm. Now I know that I don't have to yield to that. Now I know that when bad things happen, there can be good that comes from them. Mm-hmm. Now I know that when a situation seems impossible, that nothing's really impossible with God. Mm-hmm. And so now, again, it's really just about our, our mindset and our trust in God for the future, whatever the issues are that we're facing. Yeah. And it really is. A, it's a mindset. And our thoughts have so much power, so much power. You know, when you think about food and struggles, especially with overeating, there's a lot of shame wrapped up in that. We really romanticize the opposite restriction. Neither one are healthy and neither, and both of those can lead to some really serious problems. You know, eating disorders are the most deadly of all mental health issues. And so, you know, my heart goes out to people who struggle on both ends, but I know when it comes to overeating, there's a lot of shame wrapped up in that. What encouragement would you have for Christians who kind of feel like I should be able to get past that? And I feel so bad about myself because I have God and I have prayer, but I still keep overeating. I think when it comes to the other side, I don't think there's as much shame involved. I think there's actually a lot more like, you know, I did that, but when it comes to overeating, and being triggered by food, 
relentless nature of it, what would you, what encouragement do you have for other Christians battling that? Yeah. You know, so when it comes to shame and feelings of guilt, Mm-hmm. It's really important to remember that, you know, Satan has a plan for our lives and God has a plan for our life. Satan's plan is to steal, kill and destroy. Jesus's plan is to give life and to give life to the full. Yep. So you're going to be in a spiritual battle. So just recognizing, hey, there's a spiritual battle going on here and just being aware of that. And then to recognize that we're made in God's image. Right. And if we just go back to the joy of of our salvation, just knowing the joy of that God literally sacrificed his son for me and for you. And so if we are that valuable and filled with worth because of what Jesus did for us and what God did for us, then how can I devalue that myself? The value and our worth of who we are is not connected to our behavior. Mm -hmm. It's not connected even to our thoughts. We are unconditionally loved and valued. And so again, this goes back to taking those thoughts captive actively. I journaled a lot. Every time that thought that came into my head that was shaming, oh, you don't look as good as her and look at, oh, you know, it's like, okay, jot that down. Now crumple it up and put it in the trash. And Mm -hmm. what does God say about me? Oh yeah. He says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. He says that he's never going to leave me or forsake me. I'm not abandoned. Not even if I gain five pounds, he's not going to leave me. He's not not if you gain 500 pounds. No, exactly. So again, just we have to ask ourselves if God accepts us and loves us just as we are, Mm -hmm. if he died for us while we were sinners and he loves us that much, then we have to learn to love ourselves too. Mm -hmm. It's so critically important. And to recognize that our worth and our value is not connected to our appearance. That's right. Or our performance, either one. Mm Mm-hmm. I call them the four P's. They don't all start with P, but they all have P in there. Appearance, people-pleasing, performance-based thinking, and perfectionism. Love it. But but we do that. And going back to what you said a minute ago, all of our behavior comes from our belief. And if we believe that we're unworthy, That's right. then of course, if I believe I'm not worthy, why would I treat myself like a person of worth? My analogy I have for that is like a fancy car versus mm-hmm. like an old car. An old car, you're not going to really care for very well. You don't care about the gas. You don't care about oil changes because it's not really worth anything. Mm -mm. But if I have like a super fancy car, I'm going to be treating that thing really good. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure other people that get in my car are treating that car really good. (laughs) You know what I mean? But it's so hard whenever we've been told we're not worthy from the outside world. Whenever we tell ourselves a million times a day that we're garbage, trash, nothing. It was a real realization to me to recognize how unkind I was being to yeah. myself for so long. And it's like, I'm kind to my kids. I'm kind to the person in line behind me at the store. God calls me to kindness. And mm-hmm. why am I categorizing that as for everybody else yeah. not being kind to myself? That doesn't make sense. Now, the Bible gives us a definition of love. Love is patient. Love is kind. It's not easily angered. But yeah, we tend to think about that for everybody else but ourselves. So when we think about this change process, you know, we really have to know the why behind it. So how can we find our why? Like, and how can we stay motivated? Because I feel like that motivation is really key to change. I call it M&M motivation and memory, like remembering to be motivated, you know? So how can we, how can we, you know, invite that motivation into our lives to create that change? So most of us have a reason or two 
that we can pretty quickly come up with if someone were to ask us, why do you want to get healthier? Why do you want to make some changes? For a lot of us, it's, you know, the clothing's too tight, we're uncomfortable, we're tired, uh, we're having health issues. It might be that we're realizing we want to be around for our kids. Um, There could be a a trip that we want to go on and we're not in a place where we're physically fit enough to enjoy it. A lot of people tell me, I want to go hiking again. I want to go on bike rides with my family. And, you know, we feel like we're missing out on some of the things that life has to offer. And so, you know, that will motivate us to a certain extent, but it's not going to sustain us long term for healthy lifestyle. That's right. That's where the habits come in, because, you know, for example, when I am brushing my teeth, I'm not thinking every day I am so excited to brush my teeth like I am pumped. (laughs) This is going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just that it's a simple habit. Uh, It clearly has value in keeping me healthy and it's really easy to do. And it's something I can do every day. And so finding something that is sustainable in habit formation, I think, is so key. Because Mm -hmm. if it's too hard, we often quit on ourselves. That's right. But if we make small changes, like I eat smaller meals every few hours so that my metabolism and my blood sugar is stable. I just give myself a chance even emotionally by keeping myself stable with my blood sugar. You know, I'm keeping the hydration going all day long. I'm making sure I'm protecting enough sleep at night. Um, I am brushing my teeth. I even started taking my makeup off every night. For years, I didn't do that. I was Mm. so tired. I just slept with my makeup on. It's not good for my skin. Mm -hmm. You know, so just these little things that aren't super complicated, those little habits are things we can do very Mm -hmm. easily even when we don't feel like it. Mm -hmm. So we have to remove the mindset again, that it has to be something we're wildly excited about and motivated to do. And we're feeling, and we're feeling it, you know, feeling it. Yeah. It's okay. You don't have to be feeling it. So I tell people, you don't have to be, um, you know, perfect in this. You don't have to feel excited about it. You just have to be committed to it. Mm -hmm. And that commitment should relate to things that are fairly simple and easy to do so mm-hmm. that when the going gets tough, that's not one more added barrier to your success. No, I think of it as an investment and it's one of those investments that actually gives you more energy. And so a lot of times the things that we're doing that's unhealthy, take away our energy and comes at a cost versus the other. If, if I give you a dollar and you give me back $2, that's an easy investment. And a lot of these things are just really easy investments to do. So what, so say somebody is like completely, like they've never really been able to have healthy whole habits. What can we do? Like, what are some things that you mentioned drinking water, maybe journaling? What are, what are some habits that we can all get started with? That's going to lead to this more positive lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Journaling, even healthy motion is something we haven't touched on yet. Um, And you know, I used to be a recreational bodybuilder before I had kids. So I was very into fitness, but I didn't have a healthy mindset at that time. And for me at that time, exercise was all about the scale. And now I think it's very freeing for us to think of healthy motion as for stress management, for fun, and for cardiovascular heart support, right? Heart help. And so now when I exercise and I'm getting healthy Mm -hmm. motion in, it's really not at all about weight loss. It's not about the scale. Because honestly, 
I don't think people realize this, for you to actually lose weight exercising, it requires a tremendous amount of calorie burn, especially if you're not changing your food habits. So that's why people join gyms in January and they quit by, you know, end of February or March because they're not seeing the results they want. So if we could stop thinking of exercise as something we do to lose weight and think of it as this is de-stressing for me. You know, this is a place for me to just let off that steam and build endorphins, which Mm -hmm. allow us to feel better emotionally. That's really important for our mental health Mm -hmm. is just to put Mm -hmm. in, you know, if we can work up to 30 minutes a day, five times a week of just getting out and going on a walk, you know, um, even YouTube has amazing videos for walking um, uh, exercise, like short segments or longer ones where you can literally be in your living room watching a YouTube video and doing a walking workout that's just going to, again, build those endorphins, help you to Mm de-stress, good for your heart health. You know, even that is just a simple thing that we can do that's really, really helpful. I love that. Yeah, I call it just movement and getting rid of that word exercise, which has a lot of negative connotations. To me, exercise means I'm on the treadmill. You know, the incline is up, you know, the speed is up, I'm dying. And then I have to go do weights afterwards. And it's like stressful and long, Mm -hmm. but movement, it just gets out and moving our body, listening to a podcast, getting out in nature, enjoying silence even. Right. Yeah. And just feeling your body, feeling your body and being just like thankful, like, oh my goodness, I can actually, I can move. I can get up Mm -hmm. and going, you know, Mm -hmm. this is a good feeling. Lord. And, And then I connect prayer to a lot of my, my healthy motion times I'm out walking. I'm, you know, I'm saying, you know, thank you, Lord, for just the fact that I get to be out here for the beautiful blue sky, whatever, like really connecting gratitude and appreciation into Mm -hmm. healthy motion is an amazing Mm -hmm. habit to get into as well. Mm -hmm. So simple to do. Just start going through a list in your head. Okay. Mm -hmm. Every, every time I pass by a mailbox, I'm going to say one thing I'm thankful for today. Mm -hmm. I mean, talk about a healthy habit, right? Yeah. So this year I'm doing a year long series all about being healthy and there's five different parts of us. And I love that because what you're talking about hits like basically every part you go on a walk with your spouse, there's some connection. You pray, there's some spirituality, gratitude, emotion, movement, the physical part and challenging our mind. It's just like, I love that. And so if you're listening, you know, and you're feeling like, oh my gosh, this is so hard. Just start with like five minutes. Yes. Pop open YouTube. Nobody has to see you and just gosh, and then give yourself a little hooray, you know, like celebrate yourself, like Mm -hmm. even the amazing body that God made you five little minutes, then maybe the next day, six little minutes. And to me, it's not the act of how long, but being consistent. That for me is a hard part. I can do anything. Like I went out and did a half marathon, but, but did I keep it up? You know, (laughs) you could do these like really big things. But to me, it's the consistency that really, really matters. Amber, this has all been so good. Is there anything that we left out that you want to, you're like, somebody needs to hear this? You know, Melissa, I just really long for people to know that, wow, the majority of us are struggling in our health, you know, with our weight in general, their health, mental health, all of these things, the majority of us are struggling. I want people to have hope and to not fixate on the past or feel stuck. We're not stuck. You know, your story isn't over yet. So don't give up on yourself. You know, don't give up on God that he's not going to help see you through and know that it, it really is true that small little things that we can put in place on a daily basis 
will have a big impact over time. It's that consistency, like you just said, Melissa, that's the key. But give yourself lots of grace. Be kind to yourself in the process. It's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I love that. Amber, where can we find you and where can we find the book? So Food Triggers is available anywhere books are sold. And you can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at Amber Leah. And then my website is amberlea.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thanks, Melissa. I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Like I said, I feel like when you're talking about food, it encompasses so much of who we are as individuals. I had a question. I posted this on social media all about in preparing for the episode today. And somebody asked me, how can I begin to change my habits? Because so much of our eating is unintentional. We're not aware of it. We aren't mindful. So habits really do help you to have that awareness with food. What else I love about habits is it's non-shaming. It's really looking at things from a more of a factual, fact-based point of view instead of shaming ourselves and being unrealistic. So the way that you change your habits is by creating new habits. Research shows that you can't really get rid of an old habit, which is a bit of a bummer but you can create a new habit. You know, the Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. And we know from science that you have new pathways that you can develop every day. The choice is yours. There's a researcher guide, Charles Duhigg, and he wrote a book called The Power of Habits. I highly recommend that book. And I also highly recommend Atomic Habits by James Clear. Both of those books have been so helpful in my own personal journey with trying to live a healthier life and working smarter, not harder. And that's what happens with our habits. We begin to train our brain towards doing the things that we want it to do. So instead of mindlessly doing the things that we don't want to do, like scrolling Facebook for hours or hopping on Netflix, we can begin to get in the habit of going for a walk right when we get home from work or maybe unloading the dishwasher, whatever it is that your habit is. So Charles Duhigg says that there's three components to changing your habits. And he says to identify the cue, the action, And then the reward, those are the three things that it takes for you to create a habit loop. Think about maybe skiing and you're in the snow. And each time you go down the slope in the same spot, that groove is going to get deeper and deeper and deeper. And that's what a habit does. The more that you do it, the deeper that that groove gets. And so you're going to identify the cue. Maybe for you, that is setting out your tennis shoes. And that way, when you get home from work, you see your shoes and you put your shoes on and then you do the action, which is going for the walk. And then you have the reward. And for us grownups, a big reward can just simply be relishing and delighting in the fact that we did something good for ourselves. We don't really need a gold star, but taking that moment to celebrate and say that really felt good. I feel a little bit clearer. I feel a little bit more confident. I feel a little bit calmer, whatever the case may be for you to think about that reward and to actually enjoy what you're doing. It's, it's funny, not a ha ha funny, but oftentimes when it comes to our behaviors, we do get that dopamine kick, but we're not even really aware of the dopamine kick. So you're, you're, you're sitting down and eating the whole bowl of ice cream, but because there's so much shame involved and trying to tune out. You're not even really enjoying the ice cream. So I say, get the ice cream, but just maybe get like one scoop and sit down and really enjoy that one thing that you're, that you're eating. So in regard back, getting back to the habits, you're going to figure out what the cue is. You're going to 
make that very easy for you to see in plain sight, because if, if you can see it, you're more likely to do it. If your tennis shoes are hidden and you have to go find them, it's not going to happen. So you want everything to be as easy as possible. And in James clear book, he has a graph, like you want it to be easy and you want it to be rewardable and the habits that you're trying to do away with, you want to make that harder and less enticing. So you're going to figure out what that cue is. You're going to do the action and then you're going to reward yourself. And again, a lot of times for us, that reward can simply be just enjoying what we did that was healthy and helpful and whole for us instead of being embarrassed or shameful by what we're doing and not caring for ourselves and and feeding on more negative self-talk or getting in this tug of war with ourselves, we're going to begin to lay out new patterns and that pattern, it really is a process. And so it's not going to be overnight and it's not going to be perfect, but I would, I would invite you to begin stepping towards that change because one change does domino into another change. And so for you to think about what's the one thing that I'm going to focus on this week, instead of trying to do all the things, what's one thing, what's one cue, one action, one reward. I hope that has been helpful for you. Thank you so much for joining me this week on thrive mental health and the art of living free. Be sure to send in your questions. I want to be able to help you and to give you, you know, that that counseling perspective, that coaching advice. I've done a lot of reading and I want to be able to help you as best as I can. It's never a substitute for counseling or psychological help, but if I can help you and resource you and, you know, make it easier for you, I want to be able to do that. Be sure to visit my website where you can get the show notes. Be sure to subscribe wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. That way you never miss an episode. And while you're at it, I saw some new stars this week, which made me super happy. Add some stars to the review. If you have a minute, write a review of how the show is helpful for you and tell a friend about the show. Be sure to tune in next week where we will continue our series, giving you small manageable things to help you to have a healthier, more whole life. 